We've got some breaking news out of the gate. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Federal Reserve appears they will be raising uh, half a point again uh, interest rates as they try to combat inflation uh, in the country. And uh, also, thank you to my friend who sent this because he accidentally also sent me uh, an arrangement of flowers, uh, a picture which reminds me I forgot to order flowers for Mother's Day. So remember, men, Mother's Day, Sunday, get your order in today. Okay, now joining me in studio, uh, we're doing this with everybody. This entire hour is an hour for him to tell you about himself and why he's running, uh, candidate for the U.S. Senate, Josh Clark, joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Eric, for having me. It's great to be in the studio. Yeah, okay. So uh, here's your opportunity now. Who are you? (laughs) Well, I am Josh Clark running to become Servant Josh for Georgia, to serve the people of Georgia. I am running for the United States Senate against Raphael Warnock. And I am not the celebrity. If you heard there's a celebrity in the race, that's not me. But I am a, a patriot like I think uh, I think a lot of Georgians are. I think most Georgians are. That's why they're listening to your show, right? Yeah. Okay. So I got I to gotta ask you this question. I asked Kelvin the other day. You know the odds and what you're up against. And uh, you're a successful businessman. Why? Why run for the? Why? If, forget the other people in the race. Just why the heck do you want to go to the Senate? Yeah. Well, my I have six children. I'm blessed with six children, and uh, married my childhood sweetheart. By the way, today is our 20th year anniversary. Fantastic! Happy anniversary. Now I've known her for 38 years mm-hmm. since I was a child, but five years old, but uh, 20 years. But you know what? This is really about. This is about the next generation. You know, for me, watching what's happening to our country, watching our freedom and our liberty being ripped right out from underneath us in 2020, just sleepless nights, you know, just praying for our leaders and, and just appalled and shocked to watch our, our liberty being ripped out from underneath our feet so quickly and realizing and being reminded of Reagan's quote that always inspired me as a child. And hence, my youngest daughter's name is Reagan. And Reagan said that freedom and liberty is never more than one generation from extinction. It's not passed in the bloodstream. It's got to be fought for and defended or else we'll be explaining to our children what it was like when men were free. And I've been blessed to have built, as you said, be a business successful businessman, built multiple companies. But you know, at the end of my life, I always look at it through this perspective. When I'm sitting in the rocking chair, and my wife said to me when I said this first at 25 years old, she said, you're either dead or you're rocking the baby. I said, <laughs> or you're dying or you're rocking the baby. I said, yes, I'm, I'm dying. The sun is setting. And you think about what matters. It isn't going to be the wealth that we've been blessed with. And we have. We've been blessed with incredible prosperity in this country. But I, what I think we, we have to, I want to know, is that did we pass liberty and freedom on to our children and to our grandchildren? Because if they have that, they can become whoever they want to become. You know, but I think that is literally, I think right now, that is the tipping point right now where we could lose it all. And I see a red wave coming. But what I'm concerned about is who's riding that red wave. And will they just end up caving and becoming part of the problem? The huge problem we already have. Which we always see with Republicans. Yes. You know, you and I have been around a long time. You know, Eric, and I've been in the trenches. Are you calling me old? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we just got involved, you know. First of all, let me say, I'm grateful for those like in my race. There's a bunch of people who just got involved, Mm -hmm. you know, just recently. And that's awesome. People are waking up and realizing like, this is serious. But, you know, I got involved right out of high school, uh, rolled up my sleeves because there was a verse um, that really was heavy on my heart. It said, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. 
when the wicked are in authority, the people mourn. We're doing a lot of mourning right now. There is a lot of, there is good versus evil. And there's a lot of evil right now in Washington, D.C. There's a lot of evil forces that are seeking to destroy this country. And that's that's why I got involved originally. Rolled up my sleeves and tried to help turn this state red. But I never thought it'd be as serious as it is now. Yeah, mourning in America under Joe Biden is not the same as under Ron Reagan, for sure. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really is uh, striking to me that we are in this economic situation and you said something I want to touch on. You've got six kids. The culture and society in just raising kids today, I've only got two, uh, 16 and 13 going on 30. And it really is striking this angry cultural shift in the left uh, that my kids can't avoid in just engaging with culture these days. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I believe that it's it's intentional. The, the radical yeah. left, they know exactly what they're doing. In fact, the other day I was reading the curriculum for the gender bread man. <laughs> yes, and, I and see how that. to teach is it, a it was a curriculum, it was a teaching curriculum for teachers to teach it. And right there, right there in front of me, I'm reading. They're saying we've got to reach them before the fourth grade when their gender more or less is then set. So we have to confuse them, indoctrinate them. So I absolutely believe that, and we know today more clear than ever. Uh, people are waking up that there's a war for the next generation, and it's about destroying the family nucleus because if they can destroy the family, they destroy the country. And I go back to – I was blessed kind of back to my story in, in growing up, Eric. I was – I'm the oldest of 10 children. My father was a pastor of a small church. My mother was a teacher who decided to homeschool us. So I, Gosh. I, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out, in fact, can we, yeah. to all the parents yes. the last two years that have been teaching, whether they planned on it or not. Right. They found themselves as a homeschool parent. Mm -hmm. So shout out to all of you. Um, but my mother, she decided to do that, and God bless her. Um, but she, I, I learned, though, American family values, you know, things that, that, that we know, hard work, faith in God, serving others. And then my mother lost her health. Which, you know, everything works together for good in the end. I mean, I, I, I would never want my mother to suffer. But through that, I learned that life was not about me. And I had to step up and help raise my younger brothers, um, my younger sisters, again, oldest of 10. And um, we, were, we were so poor that, uh, in fact, my parents asked me, my dad asked me, would I help take the proceeds from my business and help purchase them purchase their first home at 20? Mm. So that, that's how I grew up. You know, we didn't have much, but I was blessed. And it was out of that that got me involved being homeschooled, loved learning about our Constitution, our founding fathers, and quite frankly, the biblical principles that were woven into the fabric of this country. And I felt like we have to get involved as part of our civic duty. I never thought I'd be in office. I never thought I'd be sitting in front of you today as a candidate for the United States Senate. I just thought I'd be the businessman that helped support, encourage other people to do it. And then um, later on, at 30 years old, after rolling up my sleeves for a decade and helping people get elected, I was challenged to consider the same. And that's a crazy story because I initially said no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I, so I want to talk about this. And if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Josh Clark, a candidate for the U.S. Senate in Georgia. Let's talk about that because you, 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 this isn't your, your first go-around in, in elected office. Um, and your brother, of course, uh, David in the state legislature, famously one of the few brave Republicans to stand up to the Speaker of the House in Georgia. That's right. Also now a Green Beret. Yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm so proud he, of that him. That dude's just he's, – he's such an incredible guy. I, I'm is. a big fan of your brother. Uh, and I just – it's – so you've you've been down this block before. You, you, you know what a, 
a, a den of vipers you can get into with this sort of stuff. You're right. And, and, and that's why you'll see on my website, votejosh.com, it says the proven conservative. Because right now, as we start out talking about, we are in perilous times right now. I mean, to me, it's serious. It's serious. We're at the point, do we maintain and keep this republic or do we lose it? And I think we're at that point that we can't afford to just roll the dice on nice people and think, yeah, you know, I hope this works out. You know, he said all the right things. But as the only proven conservative in this race for the United States Senate, I have a track record. You know, not only have I been in the trenches volunteering while building companies in my 20s, but at 30, yeah, I ran for, ran for office. And in fact, somebody challenged me to consider. They said, we need another conservative. Con- I call myself a constitutional conservative. Um, there's a whole bunch of people who call themselves Republicans, but I've been disappointed over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, are, yeah. you know what I mean? Are you going to fight for the Constitution? Are you going to stand like you've mentioned my brother I'm proud of? Are you going to stand against the pressures? And everybody says they will, but then when you get there, and I'll never forget my first year, um, being my first term, being they were trying to roll out. You remember when they're going to roll out Obamacare in the state of Georgia? Right. Yep. Yep. And I went, and this is kind of a little bit of a window into who I am. If I'm for something, I'm going to try to, if it's good for the next generation, if it's good for America, if it's constitutional, I'm going to try to sell it. I'm going to try to be winsome, go office by office saying, guys, this is a good bill, you know, and help get it passed. But if it's bad, I'm going to do everything in my power to kill it. So um, this is kind of one of those, you know, again, proven conservative. What's the difference? And saying all the right things, checking the boxes, and paying the price. I'll never forget when the speaker called me up. It's before David had his run in. (laughs) Um, Before I term limited myself, and then he ended up running. But um, the speaker called me up and said, son, who do you think you are, the tail wagging the dog? Because I had tried to kill Obamacare being implemented in the state of Georgia. And it's what I said to him. God is my witness is what I said to him. I said two things. I said, Mr. Speaker, in all due respect, I said, when I get home at night and my kids are asleep, I need to know that I fought for the next generation. I said, because they're asleep, you know, I'm, I'm praying for them, bedtime prayers. I've been gone all day. You know, did, did I, was this about fighting for them or is this all about us, right? And then secondly, I said, Mr. Speaker, when I lay my head on the pillow, I need to have a clear conscience between me and God. And then after that, I'll try to be a team player and you'll always know where I stand. You know, you get to get things done, you got to work together where you can, but you never compromise for the sake of your own advancement, for the sake of your own ego, power, and yet that's happening all the time right now. Mm-hmm. And that's where we've got to take a stand and send somebody who's proven and been tested and will stand for, for the next generation. It, 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 my biggest frustration as a conservative is to, over the last decades being in politics, get good people elected to office and watch the culture of Washington just kind of grind them down and mold yeah. them into the yes man for the establishment, which to some degree I actually think is what led to Donald Trump. And you see it with this Dobbs situation where so many of the Republican consultants for Mitt Romney, for John McCain, for all these other people, turns out they were pro-abortion all along. And now they're revealing themselves with yep. their outrage. Uh, and, and the base keeps getting played by people who talk the talk but don't actually walk the walk. Well, you know, and this this issue of ending abortion, it, bringing it into Roe versus Wade, this is important, by the way. This is one of my most. I know you you, you agree with me on this. Yeah. This is the one the most. I think it's the most important issue because not only did at six years old did I ask my mother, "Are we Republican or Democrat?" I'll never forget her answer. She said, <laughs> "Son, parties change, but principles remain. We support the party that supports life." 
And so I knew, unlike some of the other candidates that I'm running against who are voting Democrat and all, until the, until the, until the state switched right. and went red, right? And I'm proud of that, being a part of that. But, but I knew who I was, and that issue is, is the most important issue. The Declaration of Independence says we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by who? You and I know. The Creator. Mm-hmm. With certain unalienable rights that among them are, number one, life. If you don't have life, then what does liberty mean? What's the pursuit of happiness mean? And further, statistically, if you get that issue right, guess what? They're going to fight for our pocketbooks, right? They're going to be, chances are, they're going to be a fiscal conservative. So this issue is important, and thank God prayers work. Yeah. And I think, now I'm angry about what the leak, you know, you know somebody is trying to, you know, there's, when you've got good, you've also got evil. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, there, I mean, there's serious forces out there, but we're, we're going to triumph in the end, and we're going to bring an end to 63 million babies being killed. Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out. I'm joined by Josh Clark in studio this entire hour. Uh, we're going to spend a little more time on his background, and then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to get into the issues, uh, the big things he thinks we need for Georgia. This hour brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. The Frost family can help your business grow. Good, good, conservative Christian family, great, genuinely good people, and friends of mine. They've been doing this since the early 90s. Uh, If your business needs a big deal because you want to be a big deal, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. Tell them I sent you, FirstLibertyGA.com. Joining me in studio, Josh Clark running for the United States Senate. Now, let's get a little bit back to your your background. Um, we've, we've got five minutes here just, just to set the time, but business and politics, you were an elected state representative in the Georgia House, also a businessman. Yes. So in my 20s, while I was trying to help turn the state red, I was also building companies I was volunteering on the on the side, helping out to elect conservatives, and then building companies that are still around today, which gave me the uh, privilege later on to get to serve in the state house, where you take the oath of office, and as I call it, a pledge of poverty, which is what it should be. Public service should be that, right? And then you should serve, and you should go home. That's what yeah. I've always said: you serve, and you should go home on term limit yourself. And then leave it all in the field and then come home. And that's what I did. So I served in the House, earned the Defender of Liberty Award. You know, we, we, we talk about, you know, everybody says the same thing on, on the stump, mm-hmm. you know. But when you run for the U.S. Senate, it's not two years. It's not four years. It's six years. I mean, it's so long. It's, right. almost, it's almost scary. Mm-hmm. You know, you can either do a lot of good or a lot of bad. And we saw guys like John McCain, who is a hero to, to, to me as far as military service, you know, I got 13 immediate family members, four brothers on the front lines. But when he got to the Senate, he was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Because of him, we still have Obamacare. So I feel like there's so much writing on the line with this U.S. Senate election. You know, We can flip the Senate. We can stop Biden. But the question is, do we have a proven conservative? And so that's where I'm proud of my track record. So, served two terms, term limited myself, and went home. But during that time, we got a lot done. I crisscrossed the state, listening to small business owners, listening to farmers. What is the red tape? What are the regulations that are getting in your way? How do we get government out of your way so you can flourish? And I'm proud that we ended up, Georgia was ranked as the number one state to do business uh, when I left. So, you know, I felt like we got some good things done. And I went back to private life been serving as a corporate executive for an international company for the past eight years. But right now, We've got to all roll up our sleeves and get involved in one capacity or another. We've got to all vote. We need to volunteer if we can. 
And we've got to make sure that we elect somebody who's going to go fight for this next generation. So you mentioned term limits. Are you, are you offering to term limit yourself in the Senate? Well, I have signed the term limit pledge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Jumped in. I right away did that because we cannot have people like Pelosi. What is she at? 36 years now? Biden uh, at 50? Something, yes. Uh, you yeah, know, and, and yeah. then they get rich while they're there, which is another thing. I have pledged and already sold all my stock, and my wife and I have made a pledge we will not trade stocks while I'm in office. Wow. Because I'm, you know, everybody says, oh, we should, we should make it illegal. You know, we should pass something. Well, why don't you lead by example? Right? Why don't you go and prove that you're committed to serving and not enriching yourself? Because everybody says it and they come home wealthier than they went. Mm-hmm. Right? And we even had all those distractions in the U.S. Senate race two years ago. Right? Did they enrich themselves or did they not? And it was a distraction from winning this those seats to protect the next generation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm challenging all the candidates. If you're serious about this, why don't you take the pledge? Go ahead and sell everything. Because you know, you know, I, I, the... Follow the money, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Follow the the money is is the intriguing thing, and and that's good to hear. You took the terminal, so, so, so buddy of mine, Howie Howie, um, is a, a one of the big leaders in the term limits movement of the country, and he's been pushing me for years. And I've always said we're going to term limit senators, term limit the staff as well, yeah, because right. they then rule the roost, which has been just an, an unbelievable eye-opening experience to me of how you have this institutional staff in Washington and they go from office to office to office as people come and go and the policies never change because the staff are the ones who are who are there. So be an engaged senator and, and actually don't let the staff run the roost. Okay, I, I'm, I'm filibustering a little bit here because I got less than a minute as well. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about issues with you. Uh, the issues that you think are most important, if we have time, some specific issues as well. Uh, and where do you focus specifically on what is your national issue versus do you have a different issue that actually is just a Georgia issue? Uh, and you mentioned farmers as well. We'll get into that with agriculture and, and your committee preferences if you get there, uh, things like that. And then also, how do you – I do want to know, wild card question for you, how do you balance being a husband, a dad of six, and running all over the state of Georgia campaigning for the U.S. Senate? That to me, like – I work three hours a day, and I have a hard time. Balancing. We're doing it together. We're in the Liberty <laughs> the bus. Teamwork. That's right. Teamwork. Yes. All right. Uh, 15 seconds. When we come back, Josh Clark, a candidate for the U.S. Senate, is joining me uh, nationwide on the Eric Erickson Show. We'll be back. All righty. We're back. It's Eric Erickson here. You can't call in because I've got an in-studio guest that I'm talking with this entire hour, Josh Clark. Uh, he served in the George House of Representatives for a time, left, uh, went to business, came back to run this time for the U.S. Senate, let's talk about issues. Uh, your number one issue uh, that you want to focus on. Well, you know, I feel like, can you have several number one issues right you now? You are allowed, <laughs> yes. Right now, if it, you know, if I really feel like there's there are several absolutely urgent issues I've got to be dealt with. But you know what? I think at the top, though, is certainly the borders. You know, you cannot have a sovereign, secure nation without secure borders. And uh, as a former state legislator, before I term limited myself out, um, you know, one of the issues that I, was, that I was passionate about was sex trafficking. I have four daughters. And what makes me angrier, angrier than anything is watching now the worst border crisis that we've ever witnessed, right, ever, right, and how that's affecting sex trafficking. I was talking with a friend in Belize who runs under sting operations, 
and breaking up sex trafficking rings and all. And he said, Josh, when you have open borders, unsecure borders like you have right now, he said, you have our children are being preyed upon. Mm-hmm. That made me so angry and disgusted to think our own president, our president has allowed that to happen, right? So when I get to the Senate, one of the things we have to do is we have to hold everything hostage until we can get the borders taken care of. Because we don't just have sex trafficking. We got number one cause of, we know, death among 18 to 45-year-olds. And actually, when you look at the top uh, cause of death across all the teen years now, drugs are right there at the top now. Mm-hmm. And so much of that's coming across, of course, the southern border from China. And I, and I think it's absolutely intentional. Right. They know exactly what they're doing. They're killing, and it, it, it has no respect of persons. But more than that, it's a national security risk as well. 157 countries, right, folks are coming across the southern border. And many of those are terrorist states. So I think that's got to be, you know, your the most critical issue, or we, we, we won't even exist as a nation any longer. Um, so, I, you know, that's one. I, I think the other one is... Family values under attack. You know, we can't, we said this earlier in the show, you cannot have a solid, stable, secure, prosperous nation without having strong family units that it's made up of. And so they know what they're doing. If they can destroy the family, they can destroy the country. And they're doing it with the indoctrination of our children. And I guess one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that it's helped us to wake up to the reality that there is literally a war going on for our children. Gosh, is that not the most remarkable thing that uh, kids are home for two years with parents having eavesdropping accidentally or not on the Zoom calls and hearing the most wackadoo stuff coming out of so many teachers. It's just the most insane thing. The left wasn't counting on that, were they? No. In fact, uh, so there, there's a I, – I can't play it um, on air today, but the Libs of TikTok account has highlighted another teacher uh, today in Florida who yelled at a elementary school student in class that I've told you before I'm non-binary. Stop using male-female pronouns for me. It just – I mean this is the sort of stuff that parents are now encountering. It's its absurd. Now, but before we jump off there and we raise each other's blood pressure on this, <laughs> I got to get back to the border because Chip yeah. Roy in Congress is a good friend of mine who told me – and now it's been documented in the news – last year, last year with Title 42 in effect, they intercepted a truck with migrant workers – the migrant workers were smuggled across the border by an American working for the cartels. They thought they were coming into this country for uh, work, and they actually were being diverted into sex trafficking against their will. Had no idea the government was able to intercept it, stop it, arrest the American. And one, it got coverage, but it was like Texas newspaper coverage. Stuff like that doesn't get the national coverage that it should. Yeah. And I don't – some Americans think like sex trafficking, it's moral panic. It's not real. It's a really big freaking issue when you study it. It really is. And you know what? I think that you know Americans are coming to grips with a reality that none of us want to know about. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't no, – nobody wants – I mean we are blessed to live in the most prosperous nation on the face of the earth, right? We've got great entertainment. You know, we've got this, this quality of life that even the poor – even the poor among us – that, that I care about, but even 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 the poor are doing better than the rest of the uh, nations, right? I mean, we're blessed, and I think that that easily causes us to almost be out of touch and out of the reality of what's really happening. And I think I think we're being forced to wake up and recognize there is a war, and I'll say it again, for the hearts and souls of the next generation to destroy the fabric of this country apart. 
And it's coming from places that we even least expect. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it, it even makes me think of, we talk about these, the unsecure borders, the worst ever. And Title 42, you just mentioned, mm-hmm. that's going to be, that's going away here on the 23rd, right? May 23rd. Right. And they're saying we may have 18, it's already worse than it's ever been, the border. Right. And now 18,000 a day, that could be over a half million a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you even exist as a nation like that? Right. Right. And you know what's interesting, though, is, and this is something that I'm really kind of worked up about the last few days. Can I tell you what's getting my blood pressure All up? Right. You ready to get yours up? Is I'm running against a lot of nice guys in this race. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're all nice. But the question is, are we rolling the dice? Or are we electing a proven conservative who has been tested, right, and is, has passed the test and is going to fight for the next generation? And there are powerful interests that are out to, are working against us. And one of those is the Council of Foreign Relations. The CFR. The CFR. And I found out, just recently learned, that one of my opponents, and I believe that he and I are competing for the second spot. Uh, Herschel's dropping. He's in a free fall right now. I mean, we're crisscrossing the state of Georgia as a family in the Liberty bus. Um, which we can come back to that. You asked, how are we doing that as a family? Yeah, yeah I'm going to I'm gonna ask that. And, and I've shied away from the candidates going after each other. If, if you want to, I, I know who you're talking about. He, he comes on, on next week, can respond. Um, but you, th- this is an issue, though, and it, it goes back to something you and I have talked about a lot. And it was one of my concerns, frankly. I, I've, I've been really intrigued with J.D. Vance's rise, his candidacy, his background, he had been a Democrat, became a Republican, like me, didn't support Trump in 2016, supported him in 2020. Uh, and But it always goes back because I've been burned so many times by people who seem awesome and get elected and turn out to just be just yeah. craptacular when they get there. That how do you judge that someone's not going to go to Washington and become the person they claim they're not? Yeah. Well, and I, I think what you do is you don't send somebody to the U.S. Senate the longest term you can get, six years, you don't just roll the dice on that, especially where we are right now. Maybe we had that luxury in the past to say, hey, let's roll the dice. You know, If we get this wrong, we got enough other voters, enough other senators that can make up for it. Look, we it's don't- not that bad. John Ossoff's only... Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We don't have any margin right now. And that's what makes it scary that, again, Herschel, he's my childhood hero. You know, I grew up idolizing him growing up. I mean, I, I really did. My dad talked about him all the time. I'd run through a plowed field in our little rented farm in Swanee pretending I was Herschel. Yeah, okay. So I've got to gotta pause here because I do know you're one of your brothers and, and one of your sisters. And, and I am talking, folks, with someone who's like a UGA guy. I am. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, sorry, Georgia. My, my kid wants to go to Georgia Tech. This will upset her that I'm talking to you. But <laughs> let's also be honest, like 80% of the state is is right here. We, we got a, a UGA fan here. <laughs> but you know what? It's not It's not about, and, and you'll agree with me about that. <laughs> Your daughter will. It's not about the celebrity. Yeah. It's about right now there's something so much greater than celebrity and football and all that. And I love all that. But it's about who's going to fight for the next generation. And that's why I'm asking folks as patriots, do their due diligence, go to votejosh.com, you know, votejosh.com, and find out who's the proven conservative, who's been tested and tried, and by God's grace, you know, I'm grateful, has passed the test and has left office, term limited himself. That's what I did. And now I'm coming back. And speaking of who's in this race, so, I mean, Herschel's dropping. He's free falling. He'll be below 50. Um, I, we can, I can see it. We see the numbers, we see the trends. Um, so it's going to be who's going to be in that second spot. Now I think it's going to come down to between me 
and the guy who's a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, which is a global elitist organization who Trump was against. In fact, the first president of a secretary of state that was not a member uh, in a long time of the Council of Foreign Relations. Um, You look at where they've been on so many issues over and over, even the borders, even the borders. They have advocated for open borders because it's been about supporting big, giant corporations and cheap labor and all that. And not, in many cases, oftentimes, not about what's best for you and I and our children, the next generation, and preserving the blessings of liberty. And so that's where I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. I feel like so much is at stake. Now, an issue that it came up when I talked to Kelvin King the other day, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't because I'm in Atlanta, but I've got a lot of stations all over the state. And I hear this even out-of-state farmers and agriculture Georgia being such an ag state. And, you know, Raphael Warnock uh, has run ads in South Georgia. If you're watching streaming services, he has like 70 of these. And if you're a black farmer in South Georgia, you hear about discrimination with the Department of Agriculture. If you're a white farmer, you hear about uh, relief. I mean, Warnock obviously knows farming is a big issue in the state, regardless of where you are. Uh, What is your view on what you as a U.S. senator should be doing for that industry in Georgia? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm proud to have grown up on on a farm. Uh, We also, we we have a small farm now. We want our children to be, uh, have that experience and learn that responsibility and be grounded. As I was telling my wife, I, we love, we've been crisscrossing, there's 159 counties in the state. It's a big state. Yeah. And we've been, this was either, we're going to, you know, we, we, after fasting and praying and feeling God was calling us to this through a crazy series of, of, of circumstances that happened to help alert us, get our attention that Josh, you're supposed to give everything up and go serve your state again. Um, but now that we're in it, as we're crisscrossing the state of Georgia, I love being around the farmers. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that's who I'm clo- connect with the most. You know, they're down to earth. They're good, solid, God-fearing, hardworking, you know, Georgians. And they are running the number one industry in our state, ag. So we've got to do everything we can. And I want to be on that committee, by the way, because I want to make sure that I'm representing Georgia. And um, you know what surprises them, though, is that I grew up north of Atlanta, but I was AI technician. <laughs> so they're like, what? And I was in the legislature. You're like, you actually get you get ag and you get farming. Yes, I do. And we got to you can also pronounce all the names of the cities in South Georgia. Vienna instead of Vienna and Cairo <laughs> instead of Cairo. You know, my wife to this day gives me a very hard time. There is a certain city. In south uh, southwest Georgia, A L B A N Y, she is convinced that I cannot pronounce the name Albany. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother actually lived there for a while. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, yeah, I just my wife gives me the very uh, very hard time that I've got lots of friends in Albany, and she says that makes me sound like a Yankee that I say it that way. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, I you know you almost forget get how big the state is until you're traveling across the whole state. And I definitely, I like to make sure that I, I get those names right. When yeah. I get there. <laughs> okay. If you're just tuning in, I'm, I'm talking to Josh Clark. He's running for the U S Senate. Got a couple of minutes in, in this segment, about two minutes left. And then I got to do an ad as well. Um, other issue, you've mentioned the border, you've mentioned national security, uh, culture and, and farms, I know in the metro area right now, crime and support for police is a really big issue. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're getting we're getting a result of what happened with the with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, I hope that people are waking up to realize the only thing that happened was crime went up. You know, more people are dying 
more blacks are being killed. And so what we've got to do is make sure for the for the, if we have compassion for Georgia citizens, for everyone, we got to make sure that we back the blue and make sure we fund the police because it's backfired and it's only cost a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. And there's not only to it. <laughs> right. It's been huge. So yeah, the and morale. I mean, right. morale's an all-time low. Mm-hmm. They're you know they're they're afraid to even go into areas with high crime now. They're just staying away, and all that's happening is crimes going up even more. Right. Yeah. Uh, just the the, the and I want to thank them. If you're if you're in earshot, I know they love to listen to your show. I just want to <laughs> thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. And, you know, and it shows you are still in the fight because you're serving for the right reasons. And you know, even though public perception may be um, in some in some cases at an all-time low. I want to thank you guys for and, and the, the men and women who are putting on those uniforms every day, putting your lives on the line. Thank you so much for doing that. And, and while we're at it, I want to thank the military. You know, big military family, four brothers. You know some of them on the front lines. Um, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And that's, and that's the attitude, by, God, <clears throat> by God's grace, I'll go to the U.S. Senate with. I'll never forget Representative David Clark, my brother, 23 years old, when I was running for the state house. I was 30. He was 23. He called me up from Afghanistan as an Army Ranger over there, and he said, Josh, what you're doing, he said, is just as important as what I'm doing. Because if we lose this country, he said, then my comrade who lost his life the second week over there is in vain. And to me, when you remember that, that people have given everything for this country, then how dare you compromise? And that's what gave me the courage to stand up against leadership when I was in the House because, you know, I just kept thinking about people have given everything for this country. How dare I back off compromise? Yeah, I, I got to get take a time out here. Um, you, when we come back, I'll let Josh uh, close out. Uh, the show will be his to make his pitch to you right now. I got to tell you, Eden Pure Thunderstorm, clear the air if you need an air purifier. Look, I used mine. In fact, I had to use it at the hotel. Um, it eliminates stinky odors. It eliminates smoke odors. It eliminates pet odors. It also gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the bacteria that floats in your house. You can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. You put ERIC3 in the discount code box. It'll pop up. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see the discount code box. Put in ERIC3, and you'll get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200. You even get free shipping, and it really does eliminate the odors. You can use it in your car. I keep one in my suitcase because I travel with it. It's very small, holds in your hand, and it packs a wall up. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code ERIC3. It is Eric Erickson here. I am joined on air by Josh Clark, running for the U.S. Senate. The show is his. All right, we got five, six, and we got about two and a half minutes here, a little less than I told you we were going to have. We went long. But, Josh, uh, the answer to the question, why should someone vote for Josh Clark? Well, Eric, again, thank you for having me on this show. And I want to thank the Patriot listeners that you have because they're taking the time to be informed on who they're voting for. And I think that's what I'd ask them to to invite their friends to do as well because I'm running for the United States Senate. It's a six-year term, so long it's almost scary. And I am the only proven conservative in this race. And, and I want to say about all the guys, they're all nice, but nice doesn't save America. We've got six, I got six children, and this is not about, this should not be about the next election, but about the next generation and securing the blessings of liberty. I've been in the trenches. I'm a businessman, built multiple companies uh, in my 20s that are still around today. Uh, I served a couple terms in the Georgia House of Representatives. We talked about that earlier. Then I term limited myself and left unopposed. 
I'm proud, though, that during that, I earned the Defender of Liberty Award, helped pass a fetal pain bill, helped balance budgets, cut taxes, proud of what we did. Um, then I went back to private life, and I'm stepping back up, and I'm asking, I'm asking you to join us because I believe everything is on the line. And you may say, well, what about the celebrity in the race? And, you know, sure, I'm not the celebrity. Um, but I think that there's more on the line than are you a celebrity or are you not? And I think that um, what I'm seeing is voters in Georgia are waking up. The, the primary voters are saying, wait a minute, who's going to fight for the next generation? And I'm asking you for that opportunity. I've sold all of my stocks and we've pledged we will not trade stocks. It's not about enriching yourself. We've, term, we've uh, signed the term limit pledge. We're going to go there and we're going to get it done. I'll be the only, I'm the only person in this race who has the ability, has legislative experience to be able to get there. And on day one, to be able to step in and get to work as that tie-breaking vote. And you know, isn't it, Eric, what we've always asked people to do? Serve and then go home. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. And I've been home for the last eight years. And I had no plans to do this. In fact, we, had, we thought we were going to be in a t doing something entirely different. But you know what? The blessings of liberty are under attack right now. Families are being destroyed, right? Family values. The left is hell-bent on destroying, indoctrinating the next generation. You know, our debt is an all-time high. Our borders are killing our youth. So it's time to elect a proven conservative. Please go to VoteJosh.com. That's VoteJosh.com. Join us. I'd love to serve you. God bless. Josh Clark, it has been a pleasure having you in studio. I told you this conversation goes fast. Thanks very much for being here. Folks, uh, I will be back tomorrow. We will have Gary Black and Latham Sadler as well on the show next week.